Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. This week's episode is sponsored by Voitel. They provide business telephone systems, latest technology, customised and tailored to suit business requirements, remote management and configuration. Their selling points are that they lower costs by removing line rentals, increase flexibility and fit in with the business, rather than making the business fit in with their phone system. They're based in mainland UK. This is Dumbly Dum, the show about the reality docudrama drama that centred an ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the Lynx body spray that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the stinky sock that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our men behaving badly, folks, is you. Now, we have to say a very special happy birthday to Yokel Bear. For Sunday. For Sunday yes, Sunday. it was belated. I put it on Twitter and everyone went, ooh, happy birthday, Yokel Bear. And then, and then Glyn Full of Lovers go, yesterday, it was yesterday, happy belated birthday. So I'm very sorry, Yokel Bear. We are a bit behind the times. Um, aren't we just i'm gonna meet yokel bear for the first time on october the 29th did you know this are you? yeah oh, you're doing the bristol thing i'm going down to bristol and i think there's about 12 of us now so oh. i suggest dear good listener if you're a west country person and you want to meet yokel bear and goddess diva and auntie jean et al um why don't you go onto the twitters find auntie jean and then bung yourself on that list. Uh, I know that one person um, today has added themselves to that list, and it's all getting very kind of big. So, Auntie Jean, she's she's in a social world. That woman isn't she? Just you know, organising get-togethers in London, in Bristol. She's all over the shop in the nicest possible way. Oh God, oh, is that you hear G- that? G- Gideon started off. Again. <laughs> we have to explain. Gideon has uh, Jack. Jack has discovered. Uh, Rob's Hina's plan to get the poor little sod, his name changed to Gideon. And obviously, of all the people in the world you would want to be called after, our ex chancellor is uh, not one of them. So he is understandably throwing an absolute fit downstairs. Derek is trying to console him. That's not going well. So periodically, you'll suddenly hear screaming from poor little Giddy Jack. This week's Dumbly Dum comes from Vicky Cole. My girl Vicky, love you, Vicky with a supporting band of crickets and drums and the whole of Africa by the sounds of it. Well, the whole of Kenya anyway. Yeah. Uh, but Vicky, keep it up, love. You know, she's got, she does a real line in Dum De Dums. I know. And she does really unusual ones. I'm wondering what we're going to get next. She's going to mm. trade the crickets to do it in, in time or something. It's fantastic. Yeah. Loving your work, Vicky Cole. Keep it up. Now, Juicy Loose. Yep. Somebody else wants to send us a Dum De Dum. How can they do that? 
If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or call someone a git as a term of affection, then <laughs> ring us on 0203031105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, to Shambridges for her amazing voices, to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us and to Derek for the back bedroom. Derek's been looking through brochures this week for hybrid roses for next year. He's getting all green-fingered. He's winding Barbara Streisand round the trellis, bending Annika Rice over the shed door and trailing Dame Jenny Murray through the fence. <laughs> Can't do that to Jenny, Jenny Murray. <laughs> On this week's episode, we have calls from Scott, who's got it up his nose. Dusty Substances, who's got it off her chest. Jacqueline Berto, who loves all men. Mm. Uh, Steve who bloody hates the Christmas show. He's an old curmudgeon, that Steve, <laughs> I was isn't he? Say, you can't. What a miserable old sod he is. But we do love you, though, Steve. I bloody hate the Christmas show. <laughs> Witherspoon, who wonders why Ambridge doesn't get angry. And Julie, who asks, what's in a name? But first, before all of that, it's Juicy Lucy Freeman's week in Ambridge. <laughs> We began the week with old Tent Flaps Tucker trying to find <laughs> over the micro scooter left in one of the gay grables rooms. My money is on Joe. And talking of geriatrics, Krusty assured Roy, who had an unpleasant mouthful of peanut butter, that unbelievable as it may sound, women do not find it attractive when men wear so many artificial fibres all at once that one fart could spark a towering inferno. Krusty <laughs> said she was good at knowing what's hot and what's not, but by the sound of it, he needs more help establishing what's sweaty and what's not. He said he couldn't go shopping because his mind went blank as soon as he went into a shop. To be honest, Roy, I'm not sure your mind is exactly bustling when you're not in a shop. But best of luck to you. Harsh. Bearing in mind Haley's is now going out with Luke Cage, you're going to need it. Tom <laughs> and Johnny went into way too much detail about their living arrangements. Firstly, we had Tom's gopping foot odour. And quite frankly, if applying a teenager's body spray to it makes it better... It must be bloody awful. Then we had Johnny leaving bits in the sink. Of her, he said helpfully. Isn't her brilliant? It's <laughs> a desiccated coconut, was it, Johnny? Uh, Oliver went round sucking up to all the landowners to apologise in advance for crashing straight through their Sunday lunch tables with the hunt. Two people we've never heard of, but they sounded like Kevin and Perry went round smoothing things over. Thank you very much, Mr. Patterson. Well, Perry is not going to carry on doing it, whatever it was. I think it was joint master. It must be tricky being joint master with your coat on back to front going, whoa, that's so unfair. The Bridge Farm crack cows have been on the lash again. (laughs) Beer bottles all over the field and blaming it on passing motorists. Helen braced Sausage Boy up for his Nuffield interview by reminding him that he had got form for legging it when things got tricky. That was kind of a... Anyway, (laughs) the interview sort of went okay, but that was because they just shouted, "Okay, that's lovely. Thank you so much. Stop talking now, Mr. Archer, when he commenced his second hour on Brexit. Jill was out with her secateurs. What I don't understand, though, Jill, is why you're not just clipping the roses in your own garden, but why you're roaming the village, snarling, dressed as a clown and attacking the bus stop, said Carol gently. So <laughs> Jill and the Tobogster had a chat. What's Grace got to do with anything, said Jill. She doesn't mean anything to me. Anyway, she's dead. Ha ha ha! Dead, dead, deadity, dead, dead, dead. <laughs> Oh, God, Tony is getting a new thing. Whenever Tony gets a new thing, it goes berserk and attacks him. He's the only man to be run over with his own Dyson. Village wise woman, (laughs) Neil Carter, was dispensing advice to poor Susan, who is suffering with her self-image. He came over all Oprah Winfrey, put his hands on his hips and told her she was a strong black woman. It didn't work. If he really wants to learn how to deal with women, he needs to take a lesson from Robert Snell, the smooth-tongued devil. Linda was feeling aimless. The jigsaw club had gone on the back burner, which is very dangerous as jigsaws are extremely flammable. And Salieri had toothache. Robert was frankly appalled at the prospect of a listless Linda hanging around, suggesting he moves the sofa up his prosperity corner. So in other words, Christmas is coming, the show is getting near, which means the whole of Ambridge will get it in the ear. We're about to embark (laughs) on the season of natural national reluctance to get embroiled in the damn show, then getting involved in the damn show, then threatening to bail on the damn show, then doing the damn show. And so the long day wears on. (laughs) <laughs> Titchinob and Mama Titchinob froze their asses off on the green trying to make a point. Everyone politely stepped over them. They're starting to remind me of Timothy Lumsden and his mother in Sorry. Shula and Alistair seem to have had a little rapprochement. 
Well, I don't know exactly whether they fully rapprochent or not, but things are certainly better. Alistair has been approached by Lovell James about selling his, his clients. I don't know who Lovell James are, but a deal says they're a good little outfit. And you know a deal, don't you? Oh, well, I don't know who Lovell James is, but he sounds like somebody who'd play the murderer in Agatha Christie with guest star Lovell James. Kate clambered into bo- into Adam's box of scampi fries and said, Adam, you're just like me, you know, and that's a good thing, obviously. At this news, Adam said, <laughs> Jesus Christ, scrambled up his cardboard haven and went roaring off in search of Ian and caught him just before he was about to straddle Arthur's seat. Arthur was disappointed, of course, but into each life some rain must fall. In other news, Robert's till work is slick. Adam is not in a marshmallow mood and Kate's going to become creative director for Linda. I haven't done any drama for years, said Kate inaccurately, as she could turn putting her socks on into a sodding three-act opera. Anyway, she is going to become Linda's muse. And I strongly suspect she's going to be a muse who needs a thump in the bush. The end! I like that little uh, reference there to uh, fine dining. Was it a moose bouche you said at the end? Yes. Oh, well done. Well done. Uh, can I just say, yeah. I'm loving Ambridge at the moment. Isn't it nice? I feel well, like I've come home. It, it's like there's loads of people you haven't heard of who don't just have, you know, a tiny little walk-on part. It's yeah. all character-driven. Yeah. I love the stuff about uh, Tom's smelly socks. Yeah. I could, that's, you know, detail. We You just live for that type of detail. It's all character-driven stuff. Yes. It's like everybody's had a really nasty bug and they've all been inside for 18 months and now mm. they've all got better and they've all started wandering around the village again. Mm. Uh, no, absolutely. Though, I'm a bit worried about this Alistair and Shula stuff. Why? Because Shula's back in it. I am, you know. good <laughs> thing. We didn't have any Shula. <laughs> you know, Shula driving a storyline, worried. I know, I know. It's like she's opened the door going, hello, I'm back. And everyone's going, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, it feels like 1996 all over again in, in Ambridge with Shula Hebden Lloyd driving storylines. But no, bit worried. I do like the fact that that was a nice um, kind of little st- realistic, non drama story arc. You know, she had a bit of a wobble. Mm. She thought the hell is going on my my you know my son doesn't need me anymore i don't even see my husband um and my old flame's back you know let's see if i can you know get my gusset in a twist over him and then he goes no you're all right love and then she sort of <laughs> she says oh but then her husband responds and you know they talk and you know he comes he's supportive and he's noticed he's you know he's honestly do you know what horse paintings <laughs> straight women really it's not difficult it's just listen and notice shit that's all it makes such a are you talking about oh. neil carter oh neil i loved eddie going basically i just make her so stressed and busy she hasn't got time to notice she's getting old about <laughs> <laughs> clary you think that woman deserves a sainthood well, but his first problems, you know, she's, he said, well, me and me and me and uh, Clary haven't really got time to notice aging and stuff because they're too busy literally trying to, you know, trying not to be survive. Yeah. bankrupt. But it was um, a week about relationships, yeah. whether it is uh, uncle and nephew. Yeah. Uh, moving in together. Son, uh, Tichnob and Ursula. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, Susan and Neil. You, and I tell you what, we, another relationship we had the return of. What? Linda and a llama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, even the llamas have recovered from the weird bug, whatever it was. Exactly. If you've got a llama back in Ambridge, you know what? <laughs> the balance has been restored. <laughs> the flipping peacock to start going ah, from the top of the phone box mm. and then everything will be all right. But no, the, the one relationship which um, we'd kind of... I remember we mentioned this way back on Dum Dee Dum uh, was Linda, Linda and Kate. There is something lovely yeah, brewing up yeah. between them pair. Yeah. And she calls her dear, doesn't she? Mm. It's very sweet. She said, well, dear, I do. When, when Kate was going, why can't my leaflets be the only ones on the carousel? And why can't you change the name of Gay Grables to 
spiritual home and blah, 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 blah. And, and Linda just sort of very gently just knocked her back and said, well, yours is the only one, dear, that's on the carousel and on the shelves, you know. <laughs> Again, great detail. Great little little nugget of detail. But, uh, Juicy Loose, I think we're somewhat in agreement. This is one of those kind of vintage weeks, which probably um, means that it's somewhat impenetrable for new people coming in because there's nothing for them to hang their hat on, so to speak. Yeah, don't but, worry, loves. It'll all go to hell in a handcart next week. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But why don't we check those phone lines and see what the caller in is reckon? Hello, Ambridge 3962. Who's first? Scott Matthewman. Mm-hmm. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Scott, Scott M on the Twitters. Uh, I haven't called in since about Christmas, I think. only just wanted to say how much I loved a really sweet little piece of writing. It was a couple of exchanges about uh, Johnny and Tom's new living arrangements. There was a conversation between Tom and I forget who where he moaned about uh, Johnny's overuse of body spray. And I remember thinking, yeah, that's a typical teenager, sort of like making that sort of, uh, making that sort of point. Um, but then the following day, you got Johnny talking to Tony about how he'd actually had to use body spray to cover the smell of Tom's stinky feet. And I think either of those scenes individually would have been a nice little character piece. Uh, and I thought it was really sweet that they actually played off each other only to listeners rather than to any of the characters, because we were the only ones who got to see both sides of that. And I thought that was a really nice little touch and something worth noting. And that's it for me. Bye. Scott, my love, you sound dreadful. Take some Lemsip or something. Sound really, really awful. Um, yeah, it was very, very sweet, that bit. I agree. It was very beautifully done where we knew that it was... Um, uh, we knew that it was Tom's feet that that he was that was causing Johnny to chuck the body spray around. Tom was moaning about that, and I love the way Tom, um, Tony just did it all very delicately and sort of said, "Well, you know, you've got to get all this stuff sorted out uh, when you're when you move in with somebody because it is that kind of you know who moved my egg and all that sort of thing that 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 uh, that drives people to massive right really small things can cause." huge problems when you when you live with somebody like that and even though they are sort of family or they are family but you know you do need to sort out that kind of thing but it just sounds revolting bits in the sink and smelly feet i mean there's no need to have smelly feet in this day and age is there no some people are just born with smelly feet uh, and, and, and they well, can't they help it. Were they saying it was because of the pig shit, or were they just? Well, no, general... he has he has generally just smelly feet. But what I couldn't quite understand never was, said. well, that's what that's what love does to you. Make, makes oh. you uh, makes your nasal passages not that. work. Stinky archer now. But it wasn't as if Johnny and Tom haven't been, you know, inhabiting Bridge Farm together. So why didn't Johnny notice then? No, because he said. Mum always makes him take his shoes off outside. Uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, loved all of that. Now, what else does Scott have to say? Um, that was it, really. Oh, thank you for that call, Mr. Matthewman. <laughs> but I am worried about Tom, um, Tony and this flipping new tractor. Stop it. No, he's a, he's a man of a certain age. He needs a hobby. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't have a shed. The MG, though, the MG doesn't need doesn't need any maintenance right now. He needs something to do with his time. The MG was a disaster. He had the Fergie that killed his son. He had Otto who went psychotic <laughs> and tried to kill everybody. <laughs> and now he's got, got another tractor. Just Why can't he just, you know, become interested in baking or, you know, something non-lethal? Is that... An opportune time for me to plug so- Soggy Bottoms, the podcast. You know, it may well be. <laughs> Soggy Bottoms, the podcast, all about the great British Bake Off. Listen to it, it's rather good. Thank you very much, please. <laughs> um, I like Tony and love his interaction with, with his grandson. And there was reference to, to the Fergie uh, tractor, wasn't there? Yeah. And I thought it was kind of quite touching 
that uh, Johnny said, I get angry with him about yeah. him being so reckless. I thought, I thought that was a sweet touch. Yeah. But I was, I thought, is he going to say, I get angry with you because it was, they'd had a huge row, Tony and, uh, and jo- uh, John Archer had had a huge row. And that was why Tony, um, ugh, that was why uh, John went roaring off in the Fergie. And I wondered whether he would go on to say. But does Johnny actually know that? You know, would you give him that level of detail? I don't know, actually. But I wondered if how much residual guilt Tony had about that. that well, he no, he, he has a lot. He, he has a lot around uh, the death of John. And it was yeah. Johnny saying, you know, stop it, grand, granddad. You know, he was kind of reckless from what you said yeah. about my dad, etc., etc. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Older Sharon and Eamon, they're just never going to see Johnny again, are they? No, well, they'll turn up in about 18 months. They'll, they'll be yeah. something, won't they? As soon as there's an inheritance on, in the offing, that's when it'll all <laughs> again. Once, once Tony's backed over himself with the, with the whatever it's called. Ford, what's it called? Fordman or something? Oh, I, I, I don't know. Some silly early 1960s model tractor <laughs> with an open carriage. So it rains on you. And that was like real farming, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> ah, dusty substances. The only one who could ever reach me was the son of a preacher man. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener, with, um, I'm sorry, a head cold in one of my chests. Um, I just wanted to say the ongoing debate about um, Jill's grumpy outburst at her party. And I think it would make things clearer if she'd had her grumpy outburst, um, if Rex had turned up, because if her unhappiness which most of us suspect was a fair brother thing then rex would trigger it and we'd we'd sort of know that because rex is fairly uh, sort of inoffensive in his way but because it was toby i mean nobody in their right mind would want toby at their birthday party whether they were a fair brother or not so it would just be a standard reaction if he walked into my house i think i'd be really cheesed off so i'm just adding that into the mix anyway that's it love to everybody bye dusty you have put your finger on the nub so stop doing that and listen to the podcast i think it is absolutely you are absolutely right what would have happened if it had been rex does jill bear the same animosity to rex that she bears to the tubester it's easier for her to justify her attitude but Carol got it out of her when Carol said, so um, you can't blame Pip for Robin. Yeah. And then comma, dot, 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 space, period, grace. Yeah. And Jill was defensive. And I know there's a whole load of people on social media going, no, Jill has every right. She has every right to her feelings, right? But she overreacted and she knew it. And that's what Carol said. And Jill's, ta- you know, the very fact that Jill said to Carol, did I overreact? Jill knew that she overreacted. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, tremendous drama for us listening to it, but she overreacted. And there's no, there's absolutely no reason to, uh, for her to lose a rag. Uh, so publicly as that but you know she holds all this uh deep within her that she was the second wife and she was second hand and she was second best and she just can't let it lie now cosmo says about this he emailed Mm -hmm. it he said uh the jill episode is entirely in character the Mm -hmm. stained glass window debacle is recalled plus the distress with robin Mm -hmm. and he says jill is right he says my current wife vividly recalls her first meeting with my now late pretension grandmother who told her that she preferred my first wife. <laughs> Imagine that! <laughs> no, you're not like the first one, are you? I like the way he calls this wife my current wife. Do you have another yeah. one in the offing? Uh, obviously like does. Share? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, but that's outrageous, isn't it? We, we like the other one better. <laughs> <laughs> you can see why. I mean... I wish I were. I don't know on the site how far you can go back. I'd love to have heard Jill kind of if there were any sort of um, 
severe altercations between Jill and anybody that sort of remembered Grace and said, oh, you know, you won't really replace her or whether it's whether it was just simply Jill's own need to um, be, you know, the one and only that, uh, that 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 still got this. I mean, they must be. I mean, this is years and decades and four children and God, I mean, there is a lot uh, that that she's sort of holding here, isn't there? You, you would have thought that she would have come to peace with the fact that Phil was married beforehand. But I suppose um, Phil must have kept an, an idealised uh, version of Grace because she died so young. Yeah. So it's a case yeah. of, well, you know, she she was St. Grace in, in that effect. They never had the big rows. They never had exactly. the... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. still... Um, Yes, Cosmo, her, her her gut feeling was definitely in keeping with her story. It was just the way that she reacted and she actually overreacted, which is very un-Jill-like, I would say, which made it brilliant. You know, as I said, it was yeah. like a bolt of lightning out yeah. of a clear blue sky. And it, yeah. and it, was, just, and it was just it was just fantastic. And she's had to go, you know, for counselling, you know, uh, from her friend Carol, who knows exactly where it comes from, as you rightly said last week, and, and actually very gently did say, you did overreact. But maybe Pip will, you know, get over Toby one day. But she's, you can hear her sort of, um, uh, there's a lot of um, uh, hooty on the edgeness with um, <laughs> with her at the moment, isn't there? I mean, everything anyone says, she's, what do you mean by that? She's incredibly touchy. Even Carol when Carol said, oh, I think, you know, has sort of had a, tried to make a little, you know, relaxed joke and said, you know, oh, I thought you were avoiding me because of Chutney Gate. No, we've completely over. That is all fine. Shut up. You know, she's <laughs> gone slightly on the edge. Not, you know, it's not good. Which is fab, which is absolutely fab because it's one thing to, you can vividly paint a picture, which is Peggy, which, you know, which a lot of us go, oh God, you know, she's a little bit of yeah. a bat lax and a little bit of a witch. But Jill, for the most part, is, has been painted, you know, in Magnolia, hasn't she? She's a bit kind of bland and a bit kind of, you know, I'm just baking, but they're giving her yeah. a little, you know, they're giving her a little bit of a sharp edge here. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, and I'm loving it, I am. Well, I remember that, but I remember I remember Jill showing that stuff before because she's very stubborn. She would not back down over the hunting. She loads hunting. That's she true. hates Shula doing it. And she's really, she didn't want the children to go to private school either. And she had a huge row with Phil about that. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of, she does stick to her. She does stick to her guns. She's not a pushover by any means, despite. Mm. And, and when she's got a point of view, she does not readily change it. And she's just got an E-Day fixed about the Fairbrothers, and that's that. Mm. No, I, I think you're right. And I think once every decade they go, right, let's, you know, let's yeah. uh, have <laughs> Jill upset Jill. about yeah. something. Yeah. You know, and, and it shocks us all. We're like, whoa, yeah. wait a minute, you know. Yeah. Right. Oh, uh, just just uh, before we sorry. go off, off uh, Jill Archer, there's a picture I saw. I don't remember what I was researching uh, during the week of her and Phil in the early to mid seventies. She looks like a, a little bit of a sexy sort. She had this long wavy black hair. Yep, and there was Phil with his uh, mutton mutton signboards and whatever, uh, looking looking um, a little bit dapper. But she looked. I was like, ooh, good for, good were, for you. They were celebrities. I mean, I mean, obviously they well, are now, but they were huge celebrities, and they would be they'd go round and be asked to open as a because they kind of they were like the the radio version of um, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip. You know, they would go round and they were radio royalty. They'd go round and open agricultural fairs and open shows, and people would want to ask her about Grace and ask him about you know did he if Grace had lived, would he have had an affair with Jill and all this this stuff? And they were absolutely a very glamorous couple well i'll tell you what looking at that picture because i know um way back when in the 50s yes i know that um the actor that played uh phil was definitely incredibly dashing let's say that but by the time of the 70s he was looking um solidly uh middle-aged and you know and, uh, and whatever <laughs> but she whoo you know good for you darling you know she was still <laughs> looking hot to trot so to speak now that 
And long may she remain on this because, and, and I'm just loving. Just added Jill Archer to your oh, lovely ladies. It. No, no. When have I mentioned? When did I last mention my lovely ladies? Not for ages, actually. There you go. Mm. You're giving them up. Do they know you've given them up? <laughs> they might well, they have, not. They haven't been up. tended to in quite some time, have they, my <laughs> lovely ladies? So. <laughs> They might have been being tended two, three times a night. It's just not by you. That's well, it. as long as it was consensual, good luck to them. As you long know. as there's tending going on, that's fine. Absolutely. Who's next, Lucy Freeman? Uh, bye-bye, Steve. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Steve here. I want to wish everybody well. Um... The new rules, I kind of agree with them, actually, but do bear in mind, it takes me two minutes to say bye-bye, 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 bye-bye. So at least give me three minutes to go on, please. The Adam and Ian thing, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It didn't really strike me as an interesting plot line, and I think that the scriptwriters probably thought the same and sort of brought it to a denouement on Friday. Uh, you know, it was all a bit sort of convoluted anyway with Ian wanting, you know, seeing everything come out in court and then suddenly wanting to sort of have shot of Adam and vice versa. Uh, so, I don't know, I don't know. I wish he'd buggered off to Scotland, actually. That, that would have been quite interesting. He'd have been near Charlie, wouldn't he? No, that would have been really interesting. Uh, it was... Such a joy to hear Robert Snell this week as well. A much underused character. But him and Lindy with their little to and fro and him manipulating her into doing the Christmas show again, which I bloody hate, by the way. Can't stand the bloody Christmas pantomime. But that's another thing. Um, But, yeah, he was sublime, you know. He wanted some time on his own to sort of, you know do the garage up or organise the shed or do some left-handed web browsing. Uh, yeah, it's a really, really nice to hear Robert Snell. He um, should be used more, but sparingly, because I think with Robert Snell it's more quality over quantity. Uh, that's it, really. I've got six seconds to say bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-b
Because that man, as you said, is diplomacy personified. Great way with language. You can just turn things on a dime without you even realising. And it's all good humoured. He does everything with a smile and it's relaxed. And if it goes, you know, it's, it's never sort of hard-edged or insistent. It just all flows along. And if it happens to flow in the way Robert always intended it to flow, then, you know, good. <laughs> though he was getting a little bit irked in the shop, though, wasn't he, this week? Well, wouldn't you, with Susan going, he's training every two minutes. <laughs> like, no, I'm just helping you out <laughs> well, <laughs> for, for one afternoon. <laughs> he could work the two, you know, he makes his living out of search engines and websites and things. And she's saying, oh, well done for working a till. Your till skills are extremely slick. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to have Susan Carter on the show, aren't we? Yay! As befits the biggest witch in Ambridge when she's being horrible. Um, mm. We're going to have on Halloween. <laughs> yes, and you, dear listener, can speak, pipe in your questions and email them in. We've had a couple already. Uh, this is going to be a special show, kind of dedicated to the woman that we all love to hate, Susan Carter. Uh, and uh, so get your questions in on SpeakPipe and on the emails. Because the week before, we is having a bre- rest, aren't we? Or aren't we? I am. We? You. You, 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 you can't keep up the with the pace. You can't keep up with the pace of doing dum dum can you? It's, it's too racy <laughs> for you. It is. I have to go and have a lie down in my cardigan. <laughs> Who's next, Lucy? Uh, Jacqueline Berthoud. Um, I just wanted to say how fantastic uh, it was the um, the episodes this week with uh, all the men doing their fantastic stuff. I love Neil. I've always loved Neil. I always knew how lovely it was. And his um, actress uh, wife can... I just can't ask her a question. I'm just so jealous. But everybody, all the men were really fantastic doing all the things they should do. Alistair was kind of normal. Um, which is a surprise, and I know everybody's very cynical about his uh, his motives, but Robert was as lovely and encouraging as always. Um, I've loved all the bits with Tom and um, Johnny, and even Johnny and uh, Tony. It's all been about the men, and, well, it was a good week. I loved it. Take care. Thanks for all the good work. Oh, it's Jacqueline Berta from St. Gwen. Bye. Yes, all the men behaving along their character behaving true to their characters so we had neil being genuine generally lovely uh with susan i'm a little bit worried because he knows that when susan starts getting stressed she starts spending money and having big ideas um so when she said i'll need a new outfit you could hear him go he did his he did his neil voice (laughs) his strange little neil neil noise of uncertainty um and Robert being nicely persuasive, Rob being an asshole, um, uh, Adam being apologetic, Ian being just nice, cuddly Ian. Um, who else do we have? We didn't have Kenton. Uh, Alistair being kind of, he's sort of woken up a bit, hasn't he? It's mm. like he's suddenly, woke, someone's just sort of poked him with something sharp and he's gone, oh, oh, oh yes, here I am, yes. Um that might uh, yeah. be a, that might be a new script editor. Well, it is almost like they've sort of. I mean, it can't be because they've. Uh, you know, it, it gets decided so long in advance. But it is almost as if they've gone. No, right. We're turning that story. It's like they've gone around turning loads of taps off. We're turning that tap off and turning this tap off, and so that all the we, the strange, we, the strange plot. But we, st- plot, but we still. But we still. But. They can't. You can't have horse paintings without some reference to it, whether it's eighteen months later. <laughs> you know that you you cannot do that. You cannot do that. That would also. I had a strange. Alist- Alistair will say I had a strange dream that I I went round saying horse paintings, and everyone will go. <laughs> um, but 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 the very fact that um, Alistair has said, um, I need. We need to invest in what's important for you. Says to me that at some point, 
let's say that that's what they do, and he sells the practice, and he become you know, and yada yada yeah. yada, just whatever, right? Yeah. At some point, they have to reference the fact that they were growing apart, and then horse paintings will be um, uncovered as to what the hell yeah. that was, you know. <laughs> Yes. But but I actually hope that you're right and this all this was was just, you know, um as what happens with, with most long term relationships, just a little bit of drift and they've realised that yeah. they're drifting apart and that they need to work on things to make things better. Yeah. But still we need some kind of resolution as the listeners to as to what horse paint is. But it was so funny was. though, wasn't it? All these storylines kind of being whoosh, that's another one done, whoosh, that's another one done. Um you know, months and months we've had Shula hand-wringing. He thinks I'm a martyr. Caroline, what should I do about the hunt sab? She goes to Oliver says, Oliver, you know that thing with the hunt sab? And Oliver says, oh, that's all right then. And she says, yep. fine, great, brilliant. Come back. <laughs> Three and a half minutes that took. So yeah. then she comes back and says to him, it's all all right now. Yeah, and he exactly. Goes, brilliant. Excellent. Should we move on then? Yep, cracking. Off we go. And there we go. <laughs> And I thought, bloody months, months we listened to that, worried mm. about what was going to happen. And oh, all I... those bloody rides with her and Caroline, with her going, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> y- you're completely <laughs> right. Pissed off back to Italy. She's probably not in Italy. She's probably hiding in gay or somewhere, crawling around the floor every time she comes. Don't tell her I You know, whinging, hand-wringing, martyrdom, St. Shula, all over. Whoosh, done. Not that I'm owning, because it was a terrifically <laughs> boring storyline. But, you know, there we are. Ah. Julie from Pickering. Hi, Royfield and Lucy. Julie from Pickering here. Haven't called in for a while, because I've been having a really good think about when I first started listening to The Archers, because I've never actually said... You know, I really can't remember when I first started listening. It seems as though I'd been tuning in and out for many, many years... Um, I seem to remember Ruth coming into the Archers when she came as work experience. Um, Then I kind of tuned out a bit and came back round about um, Rory um, coming into the Archers. Um, You know, Brian having to admit that um, there was nowhere for Rory to go, so would Jennifer please please welcome Rory into the family, etc. And then I kind of tuned out a bit and... Definitely remember Sam the Cowman. I was absolutely hooked to that storyline. But I think I can honestly say that I first, I really came into and being an avid listener when um, Ian and Adam were getting married. So I guess Ian probably was my first, first real character coming in to the Archers at the time when I first started listening. So I guess that makes me an Ian. Um... Just a couple of quick points I wanted to make. One, why does Pat, you know, seem to... Pat, Helen and the whole family, why do they sort of put up with with Rob calling Jack Gideon? I mean, I think by now, if I were Pat, I, I would be saying, you know, when Rob rings and says, can I see Gideon? I think I would be saying, actually, there's nobody here called Gideon. Bye, and put the phone down. You know, this is just silly. Everybody calls him Jack except Rob. And this whole thing now about Rob filing papers to have his name changed. Can they do that? I don't think so. I thought you only had about six weeks after a birth registration in which time you could change the name. But I don't know. But I just think it's silly. I think that um, Pat, Tony and Helen should be putting their foot down and just refusing to speak to Rob every time he calls Jack Gideon. But that's just me. And yesterday, listening to the omnibus, I nearly choked on my coffee at the end when the continuity uh, person said, I bet Adam's feeling a right Charlie now. I would have thought that feeling a Charlie would be the last thing that Adam would be wanting to do right now. Not since he's been left back into Ian's inner sanctum, so to speak. OK, so all I have to say. Doodles! Of course he should be called Jack. I don't see how... If a baby's been named and then the father has been accused of rape and sent for psychological evaluation and bloody blah, 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 blah. Mm. Is he allowed any rights to go and overturn what the hell the baby's called? Or will this be the trigger that sends um, 
Looney Tunes right over the edge, do we think? When the solicitor says, don't be a twonk, mate, of course you can't change his flipping name. Mm. Just remind me the reason why he's having this psychological evaluation right now. Because the judge recommended it to, so they can work out what access he could be allowed to, um, what access he should be allowed in the future to. With um, Giddy Jack. Yeah, and Henry. And Henry was definitely no, included was, in that, was he? No, no, Henry no, wasn't. no, no, not Henry. No, Giddy Jack. Just, just Giddy Jack. All yeah. right. So this is just temporary access that he has. Yeah. Mm, okay. You know what? I, 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 I don't know. You speak to a thousand one experts about this, and they tell you that the way it's been portrayed is wrong. The timescales are wrong, and and obviously it, it's a drama. So. I don't know, and I'm not qualified to say. And most people think I'm not qualified to talk about the archers. So I'm keeping stum <laughs> on this matter. Don't know. Whatever. <laughs> what if? With a spoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. With a spoon and Angus Haggis here, we were so pleased to participate in the most recent presidential debate. Oops, I mean Dumpty Dum debate about Jill Archer. I stand my ground in support of Jill's remarks on the audio tape. In fact, in a post-audio tape poll run by the Archer's website, 79% of respondents sided with her as well. A clear landslide victory. The point I would like to bring up is this. Is my friend Royfield and my own views colored by our different nationalities? Are people in the colony that got away more comfortable with expressions of emotion, especially anger, than the more emotionally reserved British? This has been a topic I've banged on about before. My frustration when Ambridge residents don't discuss matters that are on their mind. It also segues into an underlying theme of this week on the Archers, effective communication, or sometimes lack thereof, between people, especially between two members of a couple. Evidence, we peeked into the lives of Shula and Alistair, who have made a relationship come back, Susan and Neil, Linda and Robert, Kate and her whole family, that's the lack thereof one, and of course, Ian and Adam. Last week, Mom Jennifer was telling Adam not to speak with Ian, and this week, marriage expert Kate was advising her brother to break up with Ian. But as I was driving through Jersey City to the Holland Tunnel, I was listening through some real tears as the boys reunited. Love and marriage ain't always easy. And I'll give you a bit of, and I told you so, long ago I said that the scriptwriters wouldn't break up the only gays in the village. Okay, that's it. I'm in training to keep these short and sweet. I hope you'll all send me and my fellow colonists good wishes as we suffer through the next three weeks. American elections ain't always easy either. Talk to you soon. I don't know why none of them get angry, because we're not very good at angry in this country, are we? We're not, really. Uh, I think you're right. I think political rally, mind you, you've had a lot of anger at the moment in the States with the old political rallies and uh, people thumping one another, Trump supporters thumping Clinton supporters and vice versa et al. Um... It's a fair point. With the exception of Rob, who has been the next angriest Archer's character ever? Nakedly angry. It's going to be like Clive Horribin, isn't it? If you take out oh, Clive Horribin... He's, he's just horrible. He's not angry. Well, but he, he lost it. He's lost it on, on a couple of occasions. He has. So if we think about the truly nasty pantomime villains, what characterises, you know, take them and put them to one side, what characterises the archers historically is that people don't get ranty, do they? No. No. You know, it it is not EastEnders. Hazel Woolley is all very yeah. clipped. And yeah. I think we'll find Peggy that I can do exactly what I like. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And um, apart from the bit where she her stomach burst open and she turned into some sort of. <laughs> I think you've announced Doctor Who. Stop it. Um, uh, and yeah, uh, who I mean, blimey. I mean, Emma had a had a bit of a shout, but that was in defence and that were, that oh. wasn't particularly raging either, was it? Mm. I think with a spoon, I think. Though you you make a very good point, I don't know how cultural 
this. Nobody, you know, nobody gets angry in Britain. I think this is just an idiosyncrasy of the archers per se that they don't do um, people nakedly getting angry, threatening to blow things up, burn down the pub. You know that that's EastEnders and you know and Corrie. You know, fisticuffs at the pub generally um, involve uh, Joe Grundy and uh, and somebody else debating on who's going to you know get him. Probably the, big, the, the biggest anger has been between Will and Ed. Actually, Th- that's, that's true. The that's from, true. Uh, that's true. That is true. That is true. And they've had numerous kind of dust ups, but those yeah. are a, a thing of legend now. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're you know. When's the last time that they really That's lost it? Even Chutney, and we get furious about that, but quietly. Absolutely, so. but you think about how that relationship has developed in oh, over thirty years, uh, Will and Ed. So much so that Ed can shoot Will's dog, and don't get me wrong, Will wasn't exactly happy about it, was he? But <laughs> they weren't. It wasn't pistols drawn, was it? No, no, no. You know, the, no. there was. They weren't rolling around you know smashing bottles over over each other's heads in the bull right anyway so with this no i just think this is the archers and we like things gentle on radio four yes quite right too long may it continue i say (laughs) and yes it is it is as we've said before it is nice to see adam and ian back together again and i think you're probably right they wouldn't have split up the only gays in the village yeah. But whether uh, they might i thought they might have introduced another gay in the village just to confuse things i.e charlie but Maybe not. Maybe we have escaped Charlie. Maybe he went on the same, uh, disappeared down the same plot cul-de-sac as lots of others. Uh, that's it. Ooh. End of and, and, in uh, um, How about emails? Uh, we did Cosmo earlier. About his Smashing. <laughs> so why don't we have the briefest of brief breaks, come back the other side, touch Amelia Bell and... Well, a second. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is the show which I don't think gets the plaudits which it deserves. Lucy Free Feeman's tweets of the Archers Week. When you don't have a roof over your head. Build that wall. Build that wall. There was Build nothing marked wall. classified on my wall. emails, Build either sent or received. Build that wall. I Build am wall. humbled Build to have been wall. chosen by Build the Conservative Party Build to become its leader. Said Britain is just a small island that no one pays attention to. A former colony won the right to determine its own destiny. Hello and welcome to Mid-Atlantic, the show where we look at the news and the views from one side of the ocean from the perspective of the other. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths offer you... 
Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. G'day everyone. Uh, this week on Dumpty Dum Forum, uh, I started off by checking the messages and one of them is in a very foreign language. So I'm assuming these might be the Russians that Royfield has been uh, battling with. Uh, so I won't even bother going there. Uh, but there's also been a thread started by Kenny Koala Bear. Oh, Kenny, koalas are not bears. Can you change your name, please? Um, and it's a it's a thread of asking, uh, putting out the question that Emerald isn't she lovely? Absolutely, she was. That was a fantastic episode with Emerald. Uh, and Borrow's Time started one saying something's not right about Emeron Rob. Mm-hmm. And another one by Miss Mid City. Uh, Jill has totally flipped out. Oh, sorry, the one something not right about Emma and Rob was started by Jim O'Hara. I do apologise, Jim. On the Facebook page, uh, we had a quick chat about uh, Jill and um, how the hoot factor has been turned up to 11 with her. We also wondered whether uh, we need Kate to fill... um, I I wonder whether you need Kate to fill your spiritual void. Valerie Bailey said, I'd rather have bent chakras and a wobbly chai. And Sarah Litt said, I'd happily use her to fill my roof void. Janice Pope said, as long as she doesn't need to talk. Uh, Graham Walsh, I need her to oil my yurt pole. Naughty Graham. Uh, Ruth Simpson, in a word, no. Sarah Squires, no, 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 no. Pauline Midwinter said, is that a new hip euphemism? I'm so old and out of touch. I don't think you are, Pauline. And Tracy Shevin says, not on your Nelly. And we also had a bit of a chuckle um, about the throwaway line that said uh, that Lindy had missed the squirrel falling off the bird bath. So I'd made a mental note to increase the softball under our bird bath in case a possum falls off. Sarah Squires agreed that that was such a great throwaway line, but Ruth really made me giggle because she said... Think I'll put a bed of nails and a motor flaming pitch around mine. Squirrels are evil little buggers. <laughs> so, on that note, I'd just like to say, please get onto the forum. Let's keep that active, um, except for the Russian bits. We, we might just ignore those for now. Uh, please get onto Facebook. Um, you do make me giggle, um, so please get on there and let's giggle some more. Until next week. Hooray! <laughs> Thank you, Millie Bell, as always. That was tip-top buttonhole and uh, quite shiny. Tip-top buttonhole? Are you making up idioms? Kind of, conflating the fact that I can't remember detail with the the fact that I like kind of 1930s and 40s kind of colloquialisms. And i tell you who else does. Who? Isabel Middleton. We had quite Ah, a nice little ah. backwards and forwards before we actually did the interview. And she would go, right, yo. And I'd go, tip top. And she'd go, buttonhole. And uh, so if you can listen back to the start of our interview, there's a little <laughs> reference to that, which is kind of going to be lost on anybody uh, just listening to it first off. But we kind of giggle away to each other. And I'm still, still, still um, madly, madly, madly. Uh, she, she's such a lovely person. But Lucy V. Freeman, mm-hmm. tell, you, tell you the interview which I just think is absolutely wonderful. And so does everybody else. The one you conducted last week. And you know what I'm going to give you? I'm going to give you the clap. I mean, a clap. <laughs> wasn't it she, wasn't me. Emerald. It's Emerald was just divine. She's so lovely. No, she was lovely and obviously is a fan of the show. And this is lovely that we're getting the actors back on. Yeah. So, Isabel, thank you for coming on and being wonderful. Oh, God, and Emerald, thank you. Ditto. Charlotte, thank you for the bumps. 
Yes, yes, yes. Um, now, um, Lucy doesn't even know this, folks. So, Ooh. but I have been speaking to Terry Malloy and also to Tim Bentink. So, um, Mike and to David Archer about getting them um, also on as well. Yay. And they're, they're gonna, and we're gonna do something together. And also, they, they're quite interested in doing a, a thingette whereby. Uh, a bit like what we did with um, Graham C. Nigel last year, um, but yeah. me and my me and my transatlantic um, kind of travel is making it somewhat difficult. But all three of us are trying to cook something up. They'll come on the show, and also they'll do a, some kind of members' dinner as well. So um, keep uh, keep it all peeled uh, for details on that. But anyway, Lisa V. Freeman tweets of the week. Keep Thank your you ears very peeled. Much. Can you do yes, that? Yes, I did. Th- I said that deliberately. Now stop it. Right now, Lucy, yeah. mm-hmm. tweets of the week. Thank you very much, please. I'm Vincent Murphy, said Ian, again proving that when it comes to Adam's foibles, he has polytunnel vision. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! <laughs> Denise Tomlinson, a.k.a. Dusty Substances. And I'm completely with her on this. Every time I hear the opening signature tune, I think, is this the episode where Nobber's bowels fatally explode in public? <laughs> 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 um... Robert Wilson, Naked Fingers, uh, we said we reassured people that there would be no let up on the swearing, that we are not going to give up swearing. Um, and he just tweeted us and said, thank you for that, which I quite liked. Um, Steve Brooks, <laughs> <laughs> when she was t- he was talking about um, Shula's um, a- a new appointment as uh, Master of Foxhounds, um, he said, Joint Master. I don't believe Shula could roll a decent spliff if Dan's life depended on it. <laughs> <laughs> and the hairy hobbit said, and I've never realised this, and it works. This sounds to me like tweet of the week. It is. So why didn't you say that then? Sorry. And tweet of the week. Thank you. Was from the hairy hobbit who said, "I have just found myself singing." Tum tee tum tee tum tee tum. Rob's a proper bastard. Along to the Archer's theme tune, and it fits. <laughs> right, I think we've just about kept our side side of the bargain, haven't we? We have fifty-five minutes twenty-three seconds, but that's including us yakkering and not calls. Mm-hmm. Yakkering. Right. That's a new word. I've made that up. I like yakkering. <laughs> I like. Sounds like. Sounds like something the SAS would do, you know, in uh, in some far begotten bit bit of the empire, yakkering. But anyway, <laughs> um, www.com, go there. It's awesome. We've got a shop, we've got a forum, and I know. Hey, I've had week. an idea. Why don't oh, you and on, Why don't you and Terry and Tim? Mm. Royfield and Terry and Tim. Why don't mm. you do a man's hour again? Well, that's kind of what I, I was thinking, kind of. But, but we need to... Terry said we should have the Dum uh, Dum Sweat Lodge, didn't we? Or the yeah. Cider Club. But anyway, yeah. we're going to do something... But, Dalek. but it, <laughs> Whatever we do needs to be slightly different from the time before. But, we, but we, we're cooking something up. And they're, they're up for whatever. They're up for whatever. So oh. it, it's... Yeah, well, if within reason. If they're up for reason. whatever, can I deal with Tim? <laughs> 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 I, I thought you were a flexible woman why can't you take the pair of them on <laughs> but anyway oh god no that's people tell us off about things like this yeah. but the thing is the dumpty diddlers don't understand this stuff so anyway but okay. moving swiftly on dumpty go there got a shop got a forum and all sorts itunes reviews please send them in we love them and every now and then we'll read them out when we've got quite a few and say thank you to all those people who spent time reviewing us because it is important now if you'd like to keep help keep our little show on the road there are a couple of ways you it can be done you can hit the donate button on our website or you can go to patreon.com and you can give us $2 per show on a recurring payment. And uh, and that goes to help grease the wheel, so to speak. Now, remember, folks, to get in contact with us, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website, which is dumdydum.com. Or you can call us on 0203-0313-105 to leave us a telephonic message if you can't work the interweb. Which eh, is somewhat bizarre if you've managed to download a podcast, but you never know. <laughs> Now, on social media, specifically Twitter, you can find us where we're at Dum Dum. Me, I'm at Royfield. Harriet is at Shambridges. 
Uh, Sarah Smith is at Sarah underscore Smith and I am at Lucy V Freeman. On the book of face, uh, we are... Things have taken a little bit of a dip, so I'm just like, you know, warning you all and prodding you, get on there and get messaging and get responding to the stuff that our Millie Bell posts up there because it's all good. So on Facebook, go to our page to find it. Simply type in dumb D dumb. Lucy V. Freeman. Hello. I do feel like it's like Sunny Upland's time. I've so enjoyed the last two, nay, three weeks of, of the Archers. I know. Loads of characters. It's people just talking, people being characters yeah. as opposed to some juggernaut storyline. And it was a great storyline, but I'm loving where we are right now. Yep. How are you feeling about things, Juicy Loose? Uh, very much the same. Yes. Mm-hmm. It feels, I don't, I look forward to listening now. I don't have to listen with that feeling of, ah! before I turn it on. Awesome. Hmm. Okay, I'm just tweeting a funny picture uh, based mm-hmm. on our conversation that we've just had. I've been wanting to use this picture for ages. And when you, you will laugh when I post it. <laughs> awesome. I, I even laughed at you talking about posting it. <laughs> That's just because you're a bit hungry and a bit tired. That's all. That's probably quite accurate. Yeah. And on that note, uh, the last thing I'm going to say is um, go listen to Mid-Atlantic if you want to hear um, me and a couple of um, much more intelligent people than me uh, talk about UK and US politics. And Lucy V. Freeman, you got anything yep. you want to say? Go on. No, no, no. Oh, yep, no. no. Yeah, no. Did I Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Did oh, I yeah. say yes? You went, yep. Oh, sorry, no. <laughs> 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 it's a scintillating radio, isn't it? Yes, no. Goodbye. <laughs>